Coming up, are the Padres primed to overtake the LA Dodgers in the NL West division? And will this Padres core four end up just being a one-year wonder with the Manny Machado contract situation? Talking all this and so much more with Javier Reyes of Locked On Padres on today's Locked On Dimebacks podcast. You are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Dimebacks Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. I'm your host, Miller Thomas the wonderful and charismatic host of this podcast. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. I'm there to see all my latest work, from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter, at CreativeThomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Locked on Dimebacks about Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you. My loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. And one of those platforms is YouTube, so please hit subscribe on the Locked on Dimebacks YouTube channel. We are slowly climbing to 400 subscribers, trying to hit it the next few days before February ends. Guys, I'm a brother. It's Black History Month, so go please hit subscribe on the Locked On Diebacks podcast. But now, let's jump to that conversation with Javi Arreyes of Locked On Padres. All right, Javi. I teased it a little bit there with Fernando Tatis Jr., but when is he actually expected to be back? Because isn't he still going to be like suspended for like the first 30 or 40 games or something? Yeah, uh, he's going to be back hopefully a little bit um, sooner because of the Padres' lovely playoff run, of course. But, man, (laughs) look, just please, man. (laughs) You know what I mean? Just get back. Be okay. Um, He's going to be suspended for the beginning, and so that's going to leave some room for some other guys to potentially step up. We're going to see. We're going to see where they play Matt Carpenter. We're going to see where they play exactly. If maybe, man, is we sure Xander Bogarts is going to always play at short? I remember some people thought at one point he might play a little bit of second. I saw Kim shortstop. We'll see how that goes. Um, We'll see if Tatis plays a little bit left field. They say Soto is going to play left field, but... Tatis probably is going to play right field. And in fairness, Soto was pretty atrocious in left field last year or right field last year. So we'll see how that all pans out. But, you know, Jose Zocar, how much run does he potentially get? Guys like that, you know, we're going to see if there's any other spring training darling that maybe makes the team to potentially get at least get a shot until Tatis gets back. Um, but, yeah, like April or so, that's that's what I've last heard. So, um, you know, as long as he fills out the suspension and he's hey, at least he's going to be participating in team activities. He's been there. He looks great. And that's really all you can hope for if you're the Padres right now. Yeah, and he only played 130 games in 2021, still finished third in MVP voting, yeah. still led the league in home runs as well. So I think if you get 130 games out of Fernando Tatis Jr., that's about yeah, all you need, especially if he's there for the postseason. That's really the most important thing. But what happened to my guy Jerickson Profar? Is he still a free agent out there? Has anyone he picked him up? My boy Jerickson, man. My boy Jerickson. He free him. What is going on? And he's free. Fairness, 
It fa- yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Isn't that a good point, actually? I didn't think of that. Um, look, he is still on the market, and I don't think the Padres are going to get him. They already got Carpenter, like I said. I don't really see – they'd probably rather bring up a minor leaguer. I think he's an average okay player, and maybe he overplayed his hand. Maybe, you know, Boris and them, they thought opt out of your contract, you're going to get something else. And he still doesn't have a contract. It's actually kind of like one of the secretly more weird kind of storylines in baseball right now that he still hasn't been signed anywhere. I don't know if this is like, could this be Michael Conforto part two? I know we talked about him in the earlier in the podcast where it's like, is he secretly hurt? Right. Because that was weird when the Michael Conforto thing happened. I was like, this is a guy who's been a home run king for a while and he's not that bad defensively. He's not great, but he's not bad. And he just didn't sign anywhere. And then all of a sudden came out, he's actually going to miss the season. And of course, me being an idiot, uh, ended up drafting him in fantasy baseball um, last year. So that was fun. Uh, (laughs) So look, I just make picks sometimes that I get too obsessed with being like a hipster and like picking the player nobody wants. And then I do it by accident. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Why did I, why did I take Cody Bellinger? Like, what am I doing? (laughs) Like, this is so dumb. Uh, But yeah, I think that in general. Profare as I like to call him. Um, I'd love if he signs with a good team, at least a fun one, because I really enjoyed him on the Padres. I know he had a bad second half. I know there's a lot of criticisms with his him as a player, but it's really just cool to see him playing. I, I mean, this is a guy who was a top-level prospect that shoulder gets super messed up, struggles for a bunch of years, and it's just cool that he's still in the league, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, and I felt wasn't he like kind of sneaky and important to what the Padres were doing last year? Like I felt like he was kind of a glue he was guy. Okay, a little bit of a glue guy, yeah. Especially early on, uh, he was mm-hmm, playing yeah. decent defense, which is mostly because of his arm strength, not because he's particularly fast or gets to the ball really well. But uh, he had a bunch of outfield assists at one point, which was really rad. And at one point, he was just hitting home runs all the time. So especially early on in the season for a team that was missing Tatis, right? And they didn't manage to get a big power bat. That was a big thing for them where it was like, all right, this guy came out and just exploded onto the scene. So that was really good, even if it was just for the first like two months or so. I thought just based on that, that a team would be like, all right, cool. Let's let's give this guy a shot. And he's only 30. So that's the other thing. Feels like he's been in the league for like 20 years, but he's only 30. So yeah, he was so young when he broke in. And like you said, he was like maybe one of the most heralded prospects of all time. I remember Mm -hmm. just hearing him year years the number one guy five tool player this guy could do it all and it's like ah he's probably uh he, he's got five tools but are any of them that highly rated um mm-hmm. probably not and then i see you guys also let go my other fan favor that I like to hate on will myers that's pretty sad it's all he signed with the cincinnati reds <laughs> for a little one year seven half million dollar deal but speaking of free agents javi um i could go in two different directions here with the way i opened that question let me start here actually before we get into a little controversy how close do you think the Padres actually were to signing Aaron Judge? And how did it feel to you that they actually, like, how close they actually were? Like, were you actually anxious and, like, actually felt like it was believable that your team could do that? I thought no, because I just thought there were other teams that wanted him more. I thought the Yankees yeah. wanted him more. I thought the Giants wanted him more. And just in general, like, it it didn't seem like it. Now, the Padres are just, I think it was more of a, hey, we want every good player. So this guy's good. We want to have a call with him like they're not going to be intimidated by what someone might cost. I mean, there's already rumors and articles coming out and reports that the Pirates are going to be super aggressive on Shohei Otani next year. Right. So they're not intimidated. Whether or not that means they'll get them is a different thing. 
But it's also just cool to see that they're like, we're never we're never done. Like, we're still going. Uh, so I want to see how that pans out. But I think the deal was they at first said that they offered him like four, four, something crazy, right? Uh, like and 400 or something. Yeah, it was like 400 million. That turned out not to be true. But they did speak with him and have some meetings with him probably around the time maybe when he was visiting San Francisco. So I don't think they were particularly close. But they were laying the groundwork. And, hey, there's more that goes into these things. Maybe it was just they wanted to talk to his agent because they see some client down the line and they want to build that relationship. That happens all the time in, like, the NBA and whatnot, where it's like, I remember back in the day, it'd be like, Durant is meeting with the Portland Trailblazers. And it's like, no, he's not. <laughs> his agent is meeting with them and he's just going to go there to say hi. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that that plays a part in this, too, is just, you know, cultivating a, a good culture of being like, hey, we want you here. We just want to say what's up. You know, we would love to have you. Obviously, we have a certain number in mind. You might not take it, but just, you know, establish networking, dare I say. Yeah, and they could have done just to drive up the bidding price on Judge so he doesn't go to San Fran. And if you're talking about Slam Diego, then I think you have to bring Aaron Judge in the mix and have that. Like if you had Soto, Tatis, Machado, Judge as your core four, then yeah, Slam Diego is at a different level at that point. That would have been absolutely insane, but... Now, speaking of free agents, Javi, one guy who is looking for a little extension, a little bit more money on his deal and is threatening to opt out at the end of the season. We've been talking all this stuff about the core four, watching it over the next five to six to seven to ten years. But what if this core four is a one year wonder? Does that make you nervous at all? Javi and I will continue our conversation, but if you need a little boost because you're feeling a little sluggish or you just need a little protein snack after the after the gym, then you need to try a Built Bar because if you don't want all that fat and calories when you're looking for a delicious treat, Built Bar is the answer for you because look, I'm a health conscious guy. I'm trying to work out every day, but my biggest issue is I have a sweet tooth. This is where Built Bar comes in. It tricks me. I think that I'm eating a candy bar when in reality, I'm actually eating a protein bar that's low in calorie, low in sugar, High in protein, high in fiber, so it's great for the keto diet. And the best thing about Bill Bar is that it's covered in 100% real chocolate, soft and easy to chew. And right now, if you want a Bill Bar, you don't just have to go to Bill.com anymore. You can still go there for your Bill Bars, but also they are in stores now. If you're near a Sam's Club or a Walmart, go pick up your box of Bill Bars. I suggest getting the brownie batter or the churro. So go to your nearest Sam's Club. Pick up a 13-bar box, and you can thank me later. I don't know, man. I don't know. This is a good final question, though. This is a good one. I like this one to kind of close things out. Um, final question? What you mean? Hey, we, hey, we've been going for a decent <laughs> amount of time <laughs> for, for this episode. Don't worry, folks. You got you, you get more of us joking around soon. Um, yes, that does worry me. I think that with this next year, you know, you will at least have Soto. You will have Bogarts. You'll have Tatis. But with Manny, there's some questions. I think the problem with Manny is I think they have the advantage of hometown discount, and I don't mean in terms of money. I mean in terms of him wanting to play there. I think he loves lifestyle. Yeah, lifestyle uh, discount. I think that that's true. That means uh, you could skirt by maybe ten million or something, maybe something like that. But I think more importantly, 
he'll have the first call. They'll be in contact constantly. It's not going to be, say, what I imagine Corbin Burns feels about the Brewers, where he's like, I ain't going to talk to you guys at all, to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> like, I'm going to talk to the other teams first. If you guys want to pay more than them, that's fine. But I'm going to them first. <laughs> and I think that does mean something. So we'll see how that pans out. Um, but my other thing in terms of how it might not happen is the Mets just paid how much money to Carlos Correa? It didn't go through. They paid a lot of money for Carlos Correa. Manny Machado, probably a better player than Carlos Correa. Mm -hmm. um, so they're not going to be shy about spending money in that direction. New York Yankees, that's a team that hasn't had a third baseman literally since A-Rod, dare I say, or probably since Chase Headley, which is another Padres connection, right? Which is wild. Yeah. Like Chase Headley's probably the best third baseman they've had in a while. I could see them also saying, you know what? I'm sick of Steve Cohen. He, this is our town. You know what I mean? So they're going to try and take it back. So I think if those two teams get involved is when it could become a little bit tricky. And that's when you have to really hope that, all right, hopefully he just really wants to stay here because those guys are ready to, to pony up for sure. Yeah, and maybe, you know, a team like the Giants who missed out on a whole bunch of big-time free agents this past year. Maybe they want to get back in the race and say, hey, let's steal a star from one of our division rivals and add him to our lineup. Maybe the D-backs want to do that, uh, add a Manny Machado to third base. I really doubt that, but I, I I fully expect a lot of teams to be after the Manny Machado services just because he's, of course, a stud major leaguer. But are you... Are you at least worried that if he does leave, that maybe the Padres should just think about trading him this season? Do you want to do a Baltimore Orioles and trade him too late <laughs> instead of too early? Maybe you guys got to start thinking about nah. trading him at the deadline. Nah, man. How dare you? <laughs> that was insulting. How dare you? I want everyone to send him mean tweets now. How dare you? Uh, if everything went awful. Obviously, right? Like that would require a lot of injuries, a lot of poor performances. Um, and unlike the Orioles, the Padres are probably not going to have like the worst defensive team of all time, uh, which was that Orioles team. That was also when Manny was playing short and he wasn't doing all that great there either. So I don't see that happening um, whatsoever. I think more so it's if they are unable to resign him, that makes all the other free agents a lot more interesting. And that makes the possibility, even if slim, of maybe saying, all right, we're going to give this money to Soto. Probably more. So they have some like contingency plans, I think, which gives them a little bit of leverage in this potential negotiation process. Although I do think that they prefer signing him. OK, I'm very curious to see what happens to the Padres this season. I'm hoping because you look at that core four, you say, OK, the Padres is going to reach great heights, reach great ceilings um, this season. But there's also a little potential for a little combustibility with that Tatis, Xander Bogart's position swip, uh, position swap and then the Manny Machado contract situation. Then it's like, also, don't forget Juan Soto. Has he got his contract extension yet? He's also on the horizon. So this team could get real expensive real fast maybe the ego start playing into it it's like whoa all of a sudden this Padres team that we thought was going to be around for a half decade is getting blown up that would be my absolute favorite scenario um you brought up Otani right there just real quick do you think he's getting 500 million next offseason what do you think his contract man oh man <laughs> I mean it's just that the 500 million I'm gonna say no Okay. But I think he's going to be really close, like a 480. I'm only saying no just because we still haven't crossed 400, right? So mm -hmm. if we haven't crossed 400, a 100 million extra, it's possible. I mean, especially because of the markability. I mean, you immediately get like the biggest, most exciting talent in the game. Everyone's going to go want to see him. I mean, I remember like a friend of mine who was at a Yankees game. No one was watching Luis Severino warm up. 
everyone was over and watching Shohei Otani warm up. Like he's got that crazy blockbuster factor that the league has not seen in a very long time. So that part of it is something that you need to bring into the equation aside from just his playing ability. But I'm going to say no for now. I'm going to lean more conservatively. But then again, if he puts up like a nine more season again, like, I don't know, they, they might just say, screw it. Let's do this. And the better question might not be whether he gets 500 million. It might not be the total salary that we look at. The better question might be that annual average salary because we see baseball players getting like 45 to 47. How much annually is he going to get? He might not get 10 years, 500 million, but maybe he gets eight years, 450, and he's making like 55 annually or something crazy like that. So I'm very curious, not how long it is or the total, but how much Mm -hmm. is he going to make year to year? Because I think he will be compensated for both that pitching and hitting ability that he has. Javier Reyes of Locked on Padres. Any final questions for me today before we depart here? Uh, Nothing immediately. I'm I'm saving them. I'm saving them. I'm keeping them in my holster. I'm keeping them saved up, man, because we got, I, I mean, this D-backs team, it intrigues me. It really does. It really does. <laughs> <laughs> intrigues him. Javi and I will continue our conversation, but I first want to tell you that the midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win just download the FanDuel sportsbook app it's safe secure and super easy to use you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained plus FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay that's my favorite thing to do whenever the Lakers are playing I'm doing LeBron 25 point LeBron five rebounds and LeBron five assists with AD 25 and 10 as well. You can cash that and put it in your wallet. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. We can go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more at FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And without further ado to just pepper me with questions about the D-backs and their upcoming season and why they're going to be team to beat over the next five years, we got locked on Padres host Javier Reyes with us today. Javi, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing sensational. I'm doing astonishingly well, Miller. I'm happy that you asked because, you know, I mean, we love doing our crossovers. That's why we're doing another one. And I'm excited to just pepper you with even more questions. You you hit me with a little bit of a sneaky one. I remember you were trying to be disrespectful at one point last episode. I'm already forgetting what you were disrespectful about. It was so long ago. Yeah, it was so long ago, right? Yeah, it was was an eternity ago. Um, But yeah, man, love talking D-backs, Padres. And again, this division is just going to be like an absolute firework of bonanza and fun. So... Uh, just really excited to talk about this stuff and talk about some D-backs questions because I think there are some players that are a little bit under the radar, you know, aside from a Corbin Carroll. Everybody who follows prospects know about him, but I think there's some other interesting stuff over there. And, of course, you also still have my arch enemy on the team, which which cannot be ignored. Cannot be ignored. 
Yeah. I almost Dude. puked on the mic. I don't know what that was. <laughs> like, oh, you need a bucket. Yeah, or I was like, what just happened? <laughs> he who may not be named. Uh, yeah, just speaking of the division, how, how are you feeling about your chances this year to win that division? Because let me pull up, you know, we'd love to shout out our sponsor at FanDuel. Dodgers minus 140 to win it. Padres mm. plus 145. So it's pretty close between those two to win the division. Dodgers have lost a ton of talent this offseason. They did bring in a little talent with my guy, Freight Train, as a nice little platoon option in the outfield for them. But most, mo- mostly they lost a lot of talent this offseason while the Padres were bringing in guys like Xander Bogarts. Sneakily, I think Michael Waka recently was a huge pickup for them because he was really good last year with the Red Sox. He was like mm-hmm. <laughs> their number two starter for the whole season. He looked <laughs> <phenomenal>. <laughs> Which is like crazy. So if he's like your number four starter on that salary and he gives you 85% of what he did with the Red Sox mm-hmm. last season, like that would be a huge deal for the San Diego Padres, excuse me. But how do you feel about your team's chances to finally dethrone the Dodgers in the division? Hey, look, in fairness, every every dynasty, every empire falls at some point. You know, the Dodgers have won the division how many years in a row? A Just by sheer average, sheer regression to the mean, eventually they can't win the division. So on that end, for sure. But hey, we talked about it a little bit last episode. We'll continue in this one as well. I think the D-backs and the Giants are both going to be capable teams. This is not like the, you know, the NL Central. The NL Central has the Reds and the Cubs Trash. and the Pirates, right? Those are three teams that the Brewers and Cardinals can just almost almost just rely on being like, well, we know we can beat those teams. <laughs> so we're at least going to be in contention solely based off that. These teams are good in this division, so I think that that could potentially hamper both teams. Uh, I think both the Dodgers and the Padres. Um, and the other thing is this. Don't tell don't tell the Snydog. Don't tell Jeff Snyder of Lockdown Dodgers. I I don't care, man. The, their ability to procure talent and revitalize, like, like, like American Pickers or whatever the show is where they take some item and fully restore it. The way that they do that sometimes, there's been some Jason Hayward buzz that I'm not saying he's going to be MVP or at least like all star level Jason Hayward. But like these things add up is what I'm saying. You turn Jason Hayward into a two win player that adds up. And then Joey Gallo, Noah Syndergaard. (laughs) It makes me a little bit nervous, just a little bit, just a little bit that they're like, obviously losing Trey Turner is big. I get it. And they have some some potential issues with their rotation. Walker Bueller, you know, he just had Tommy John surgery. So there's not as much, you know, hype vibes for them. But I'm just saying, man, they still got Miguel Vargas can come out here. They've still got some decent farm talent that might get called up. I'm just saying for sheer factor of them being the Dodgers, you cannot underestimate that team. And yeah, if Noah Syndergaard comes out here and has, you know, what Johnny Cueto did last year. Right. Johnny Cueto had a little bit of a bounce back, which was nice. Maybe even better. I don't know, man. It just makes me a little bit nervous. Just a tiny bit. I'm not like terrified of them. They're not this like giant looming beast. You know, I'm getting closer to the mic as I say that. But there's still a feeling like it's it's almost like people are a little. It's not a hot take anymore to say that the Padres might win this division. Mm -hmm. And that makes me nervous. Everyone's like, I think the Padres are good. Yeah, it's honestly a little bit 50 50 at this point. And that makes me nervous. I think people are discounting the Dodgers a little bit too much. They still have Freddie, still have Mookie, they still have what's his name, um, the first baseman <laughs> that looks like a troll, um, Muncie. Muncie. If Muncie figures it out again, you know Miguel Vargas might be a super stud immediately that I think people are sleeping on. 
I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous. But at the minimum, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be great for baseball to have the rivalry kind of reignited. So on that end, for sure. What do you think, though? I'm curious. What do you think? Who do you think is going to win the division? Yeah, I talked about in the last pod about how you can have the Dodgers and not the Dodgers, the D-backs and Giants rosters lined up against each other on paper. And it's a coin toss between which roster is better. I feel the same way between these two teams with the Dodgers and Padres. I'll probably even lean toward the Padres in terms of pure talent just because of who we saw leave the Dodgers this offseason but the Mm -hmm. Dodgers are the team where it's like they're always a move away from competing and they're always calling up somebody who turns into a superstar they always pick up someone off the waivers like a Trace Thompson who could go in and get hot for 30 games and smash a whole bunch of home runs or they pull off a trade for Max Scherzer and then it's like oh man we'll also take Mm -hmm. salary dump Trey Turner in that deal as well and it's like the Dodgers somehow get so much luck when it comes from the rest of the league in terms of signing great major leaguers for probably below market value because other teams don't want to give Freddie Freeman the six year or whatever or they're able to go out there and get a Trey Turner thrown into the Max Scherzer deal because who knows why Washington did a move like that or they call up someone from their minor league system who just turns into an absolute stud because unlike the New York Yankees the Dodgers actually know how to develop their talent so So you always stray for the Yankees. They caught a stray. (laughs) I mean, those Yankees players are usually good for the first couple of years and they tail off pretty quickly. Unlike these Dodgers, like the Will Smiths of the world who actually are superstars year in and year year out. So I think there's a lot more stability and like institutional knowledge with the Dodgers and credibility as to why you're going to trust them to win that division. But I'm actually going to lean this season toward the Padres to win that division just because they got my guy X-Man. And I just think Juan Soto like we saw with Lindor that first year with mm-hmm. the New York Mets where he struggled a little bit and then had a big bounce back his second year. I think Juan Soto's in for a monster season. I think Tatis will probably, I mean, I don't know how he'll look because he did miss all of last season, but you know he's at least going to be hungry and wanting to go out there. Maybe he presses a little bit too much because of all the time he's missed and he's going to try and redeem himself, but I like the fact that he's going to go out there and be hungry. Machado, all of a sudden, it's a contract year. He's playing for something too, so you kind of, you want to look at the, the optimistic view of this Padres team. It's like a lot of your best players have some Something to prove, something to play for. Juan Soto, too, is trying to get a contract. So I think I would probably lean San Diego Padres when it comes to who's going to win this division. I appreciate that, too. I appreciate yeah. that very much, man. Thank you. The D-backs yeah. man. He said, hey, they got the X-Men. And, hey, everybody listens to my pod and follows my tweets. They, I'm a fan of the X-Men in general. And now that we have the X-Men in baseball, I mean – Xander's Xander's pretty vicious. I don't know. I wonder what X Men Xander Bogart. That was gonna be my next question. Which one of (laughs) (laughs) which one of those characters is he? I can't even think of that. No idea. I have no idea. Because like his personality, he's just kind of a gamer, but he's not like as loud as some of the other X Men are. So I don't know. I don't like Forge. Who's the one X Men? Who's the X-Men in X-Men First Class that dies in like the first 10 minutes of the film? <laughs> you talking about the uh, Darwin, the guy who adapts yeah. to things? Yeah, he can't adapt to one thing. <laughs> it's like the funniest scene. It's literally his ability is to adapt to things. Like he shouldn't yeah. be able to die and they killed him. It's like your one non-white character too. It just gets a fucking, oh, excuse me. He gets an energy blast into his mouth. <laughs> like adapt no. to this and just yeah, murder. adapt to this. <laughs> Jeez, that movie is so chaotic, but I still kind of like it. Um, I love it actually. All those re- it's the, good. The new reboots actually. The first couple are great. I like First Class. I like the. New I like World, First Class. Like, they, don't give me those, those old X Men movies, man. 
they're they're pretty good. I think there's some people are remembering that it's not just Disney Marvel era that made these these good movies. There, there's there's been some gems in the back in the day. That's it for this edition of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. Shout out Javier Reyes of Locked on Padres for hopping on today's pod. Go catch up on any pods you might have missed this week with Sully Baseball, just me talking about spring training. We got another part with Javier Reyes next week, just breaking down the D-back season. It's kind of a little bit more D-backs heavy, talking about the most underrated D-back entering this season. So be on the lookout for part three or Javier Reyes next week. Um, thank you for making Lockdown Diamondbacks your first listen every day. Make your second listen of the day the Lockdown MLB Prospect Show with host Lindsey Crosby because he's a prospect encyclopedia breaking down the stars of tomorrow, streaming on all platforms just like me. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. Deuces.